Welcome to Enriched Menopause, where perimenopausal and menopausal women can learn what's going on with their bodies and how to thrive during this stage and beyond. You are not crazy and you are not alone. I'm Dr. Jessica Rich. Let's do this together. Hello, and welcome back to Enriched Menopause. I have some exciting news. Last month, the FDA approved a new kind of medication for the treatment of vasomotor symptoms of menopause. That means those hot flushes and night sweats that are affecting the vast majority of women in perimenopause and menopause and can be anywhere from mild to severely debilitating. Now, this is one of the first of its kind. It is an NK3 receptor. The medication is called Vioza, and there are a few others in that sort of same class that are under investigation and one that's also in the pipeline in the FDA for approval. Now, prior to this medication, there's only been one other FDA-approved medication that's non-hormonal for the treatment of these vasomotor symptoms, and that's paroxetine which is initially designed as an antidepressant, but in certain lower doses can be really helpful for those hot flushes and night sweats and also some of the sleep and mood disturbances that go along with it. But this is new of its class. So basically what this medication is, is it's an NK3 receptor antagonist, which is a big long word, but we're going to talk about what that means in just a minute. The bottom line for you is that it has been shown to be very effective at reducing both the number and the severity of hot flushes. It's been studied in a few different studies, but showing up to 93% reduction in the hot flushes, depending on which study we look at. Some of the lower end is more like 50 to 60%, but all the way sort of significant reductions in those vasomotor symptoms, so the hot flushes and the night sweats. And it does start working within a week of using it for most women, and the effects of the medication persisted when they were studied for up to a year. Now, the studies looked at over 3,000 women studied against a few different trials. Some of these trials were even double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trials, which is kind of the best that we get in the medical world in terms of the type of evidence and knowing what's working well and how we can go forward. Basically, the way this medication works is that, you know, a while back, scientists found these candy neurons in the brain, not candy like the candy that my daughter's begging for all of the time, but K-N-D-Y, neurons in the brain, which basically regulate our body temperature. And they're strongly influenced by estrogen. They kind of sit in the same part of the brain as where estrogen is affecting different areas in the hormonal centers. When estrogen drops, these candy neurons kind of ramp up to try to get a little bit better action, a little bit better control when they don't have the estrogen to help regulate them. And that ramp up has even been shown in the size of the neurons. They tend to actually grow in these postmenopausal times when estrogen is dropping. The neurons get much bigger, they make the body perceive that it is hotter, and then the body takes actions to try to cool itself. So things like 
sweating and flushing and kind of bringing all of that dilation of the blood vessels near the surface of the body to try to release heat and to release heat through stress. And that's what's going on in a hot flush or in the night sweats is that sort of mechanism of the body getting a little bit dysregulated and perceiving its temperature incorrectly and then taking actions to try to cool itself down. So what Vioza and similar medications of this type do is they bind to a receptor on this neuron called the NK3 receptor, and they block it so that even in that setting of the lack of estrogen, the body's not getting that message that it's too hot and trying to cool down. So let's talk a little bit more about this medication, what we know and what we don't know, what some of the positives are, what some of the negatives are, and who might be a good candidate for this type of medication. So on the positive side, it's been shown to be very effective at reducing the hot flushes and reducing the night sweats, which so many women are suffering from. And when we reduce hot flushes and night sweats, we often find that overall women tend to feel a lot better in perimenopause and menopause, because if you're not waking at night with hot flushes and night sweats, you're sleeping better, which then leads to better mood and can kind of just overall lead to overall better well-being. What else we know about it that's effective is that it's non-hormonal, which is great for women who can't or don't want to be on hormones. Now, if you've been listening, you know that I am a proponent of hormone replacement therapy. I think it works very well and is safe for most women going through perimenopause and menopause and in certain stages. But there are times when hormone replacement therapy is not safe or when somebody just doesn't tolerate it well. So definitely people with a history of hormone-sensitive cancers like breast cancer or ovarian cancer or uterine cancer, depending a little bit on what's been done to treat those, may not want to be on hormone replacement therapy. Or people who have significant cardiovascular risks, especially as we get older and further into menopause, so that kind of 10 years in or over 60. And in general, even if you don't have those specific risks, hormone replacement therapy isn't really something we want to use as we get older and further into menopause, so kind of into the 60s and 70s and beyond, because the risks of that hormone replacement therapy go up as we get older. So some of that risk, of course, is breast cancer risk, but even more, I think of things like cardiovascular risk. So heart attacks and strokes and you know, possible increased risks of dementia with that as well. So for many women, hormone replacement therapy isn't an option. And then, of course, there's those where it's not necessarily unsafe to use, but maybe you're not tolerating it well. So just like anything else, some women can have side effects from the hormone replacement therapy and maybe looking for another option. So some other positives about this medication is that it was studied in a large group of women across all races and ethnicities. So it was studied in white women and black women and Asian women and Hispanic women and was found to have similar effects regardless of race and ethnicity. And it was studied in women from age 40 to 65, which is great because it did show that it was effective in younger women who are in sort of those earlier stages of perimenopause and in older women that are even beyond where we would expect it to be safe to use hormone replacement therapy. It was also studied 
embodied in those who had had a hysterectomy, those who had had their ovaries removed, and those who had previously been on hormone replacement therapy. So we have a pretty good span of looking at women across um, several different patient groups and several different demographic factors, which is great. In addition to that, they have done some studies, of course, preliminarily on looking at things like cancer risk, which is something that, of course, everyone worries about. In the studies that were in rodent models, where they studied for up to two years, they did not see any significant cancer risks. And then, of course, like I said, we followed women for about a year in the clinical trials for looking at human studies and did not see any increased risks of cancer. There were a couple of cases of hyperplasia, which is a precancer of the uterus, but those were not significantly different between the women who were using the drug versus those who used placebo. So probably a little bit more of a random chance. However, of course, just like with any new medication, you know, we've studied for a year or two. So there can be downsides. There are things that we don't know, like what are the effects in the long term? If somebody's using this for 10 or 20 years down the road, what might be those risks? And as we have seen with other things, sometimes we find risks along the way. There's no theoretical risk that this would be an increased risk of cancer, but that's one of those things that we just don't know. And then, of course, we talked about how this is one of the few non-hormonal medications. If we look at the other approved by the FDA medication, paroxetine, that antidepressant that I mentioned earlier, that is a good option for women who want something non-hormonal to treat, but it actually can't be used in women who are on tamoxifen, so those who have either had breast cancer or who have elevated risk for breast cancer and are taking tamoxifen. You can't use the paroxetine, but you can use this medication. Now, of course, there are other non-hormonal options that we've discussed previously that people use to help to monitor those symptoms, but I'm just talking about the ones at the moment that are FDA approved. Now, of course, we've talked about sort of the positive things, and just like with anything else, there are always risks and downsides to every choice that we make as well. So let's talk about some of those. As we discussed before, this is not something that's been, you know, on the market for decades. So we really don't know the long-term effects, although in the studies it appears that it should be safe in the long term and it has been studied for a year in women and for longer term in rodent studies. We don't really know how it compares to hormone replacement therapy, although studies are underway. And while we did study at a longer term than you know we would expect to use hormone replacement therapy, we studied this in women up to age 65, it really wasn't looked at for the women who have those persistent symptoms, which of course can occur. While we know that most women will stop having a lot of those vasomotor symptoms after they get through some of that early menopausal transition, there are some women who have persistent symptoms for a decade or more, some even forever. Of course, I have women that I see who are in their 80s and who are still having significant hot flushes and symptoms. And so we don't really know how safe and effective it is for women over the age of 65 because it just wasn't studied. Although I would expect that it's probably fairly similar to those who are 65 and under. 
The biggest risk that they saw was some potential risk in transient mild elevation of the liver enzymes. And what does that mean? So basically, they looked at different liver function tests. In fact, the first drug of this class that was studied, they saw a significant difference in the liver function tests, and they actually stopped studying that drug further. With this one, Vioza, that's out now, they found less changes in the liver enzymes, so much fewer participants had a change in their liver enzymes, and they were found to be pretty mild and short-lived, so kind of went back to normal on their own. But because of this reason, it's important that anyone with any sort of liver conditions may not be a great candidate for this. And for those women who are considering starting that, they should get a baseline liver enzyme test, which is just a blood test, to make sure that they are normal before starting. And then it's recommended that we have this same liver enzyme test every three months for the first nine months of use. Now, after that, if things have been stable and normal, it's usually considered to be safe at that point and not going to affect that particular person. But doing an annual screening with your sort of routine annual labs, I think would be warranted in that case. So definitely can't be used in anybody who has significant liver conditions. It also should not be used in people who have significant kidney dysfunction because that's part of how the medication is cleared. And because it is processed in certain pathways in the liver, one of those pathways is what we call the CYP-A12 pathway. So other medications that are processed or inhibited in that pathway may interact with it. So it's really important to talk with your doctor about what other medications you're on and if they may interact. Particularly when I think of CYP-A12 inhibitors, there are a few that are more common, things like propranolol, clozapine, and sometimes even higher doses of caffeine can be an inhibitor of that pathway. So it's important to um, check into those interactions. The bottom line is that this is a new medication. There's a lot of promise to it. There's a lot of positive effects. But of course, there are some downsides like with any medication or any treatment option. And there are things that we don't know in the long term. The people that I think would be the best candidates for this medication are those who can't be on hormone replacement therapy or who have had significant side effects for hormone replacement therapy, and particularly women who may have been on hormone replacement therapy in their you know, 40s, 50s during that menopausal transition, but who are still having persistent symptoms afterwards and want something with a little bit of a different safety profile than the hormone replacement therapy. I also think it's a great option for women who are having significant symptoms who have kind of tried all of the lifestyle modifications and the supplements, but who can't be on hormone replacement therapy due to cancer risk or other factors, I think that this is a great option. So if you're wondering more about this medication, if you've tried some other things and they haven't worked for you, or if you can't be on other things and you're having bothersome symptoms, then talk with your doctor about whether Vioza may be a good option for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share with someone in your life who may benefit from this too. Remember that while I am a doctor, this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is for informational purposes only. Talk with your doctor about what may apply to you and your health. 
We'll see you on the next episode of Enriched Menopause.